Welcome to Opacity, a podcast about working in design. Hey, Craig. Hey, Tom. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm great. Craig, can I tell you a story? I would love nothing better than to hear a story. <laughs> Excellent. So picture, if you will, a very dark, stormy night back in late 2018 in Dublin. Okay. Okay. So it's torrential rain. Torrential rain. So this is not a typical dark no, this and stormy night. Particularly, particularly bad. Yeah, and this is important. Okay. <laughs> so I drove. We had a car space in work, and I drove that day to use. I used the car space and drove that day. As I was reversing, without noticing, I tapped someone else's car behind me. I immediately hopped out of the car. Oh no! This happens to other people. This doesn't happen to me. So you, you tapped the car. I'll say tap. just a little, just little a little taparoo. Tap. Yeah, a little taparoo. Okay. <laughs> Didn't do too much damage to their car. Just cracked their tail light. But there was paintwork <laughs> on the car, and I was like, "What's going on here?" And I looked at my car, and my car looked wor- much worse than theirs. Okay, mm. probably just shows the difference in quality of cars. Mm. But uh, I told people about it anyway, and I got in touch with that person and sorted their, sorted out the, the the damage and stuff. But I told people about it, and they were kind of like, "Oh, everyone was saying, oh well." Uh, I can get you in touch with a panel beater. I know someone who can fix that for you. And I was just like, oh, okay, maybe I'll give it a go myself. What's the worst that can happen? Like, it's not going to get any, wor- any worse than it is. And if it is, then I'll go to the panel beater and get it fixed. So I looked up online, saw some tutorials on YouTube about someone using a kettle full of water to pour it over the over where the dent is. And then when it's heated up, push from the other side and sometimes it pops back in place. Hmm. Guess what? What? It works. It works. Yeah. That's incredible. Thank you, YouTube. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I don't know what it says about me, but I feel like my default would be, oh, there's a dent in my bumper. Uh, I'll just probably get used to it (laughs) and just pretend it's not there. Um, That'd be probably my choice. But awesome that you decided to kind of DIY it and fix your bumper yourself. But that is not something that I would have done years ago, I don't think. No? No, I think since I bought a home, it's changed the way I look at the world. I think in my experience, there's been this kind of milestones throughout your life that you see the world in with different lens. I think when you have kids and maybe when you buy your own home, you start mm. to think about the environment that you inhabit in a slightly yeah. different way. It's not just like somewhere you rent and you pay someone else's mortgage. You kind of think about things like, hmm, you know, when this breaks, I've got to pay for it or I've got to fix it. Mm. So obviously, I'm not going to go rewiring my house if there's an electrical issue. But if some painting needs to be done, if some other little small odd jobs around the house need to be done, you know, there's a lot of stuff you can do yourself, especially with the power of YouTube. I think yeah, that- it's interesting uh, because I feel like I'm probably in the mindset of maybe you before you owned a house, mm-hmm. uh, like as a as a as a renter. Yeah, um, I generally uh, will not don't want to fix anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, if something breaks, I will call the landlord, and it doesn't always work out. So it sort mm-hmm. of is more living with stuff being half half fixed uh, more often than not. Um, but yeah, it's like, like without the ownership of the thing, without sort of being under that, um, like, you, you know, when you own a home, you're, you're required to do this stuff. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to, you don't have anybody to call, right? You only, can only call yourself yeah. to come fix your broken stuff. Yeah. Um, so it's like you've, you opened up a new sort of, uh, portal into a new stage of life and therefore you sort of behave differently, which yes. is interesting, which kind of gets us into our topic yes. of the week. Um, yeah, it's this, this whole I- kind of. Thing about experience, thing about uh, how you grow uh, as an individual mm-hmm. in life, but, but also it applies obviously to your professional life. Um, for this podcast, obviously, we talk about design, uh, 
but I think this this episode is probably applicable to anyone. Uh, it's really a more general thing. I mean, we'll probably have some design examples, but really the the whole idea of with experience you grow as as you get pushed into new directions, you automatically grow and become kind of aware of more things around you. Yeah, uh, and that's hundred percent true in my experience in mm-hmm. design. Uh, every experience sort of unlocks. You get a new you get a new badge unlocked in your yeah, your achievement and your achievement. That's yeah, that's what uh, they say in the gaming world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it unlocks a new thing, and you get that, and you put that in your toolbox. Yes, um, it's an interesting thing, and so you've done that with your car. Now you can fix cars with yeah. confidence. Yeah, well, <laughs> any <I know. laughs> any car problem you can probably fix now. No, I've right. never been great with cars. I've never been that interested in cars, but it just seemed like a low risk uh, test. Mm. You know, what's the worst that could happen, really? So, and I th- I think what it's done is kind of it's demystified mm. the, that side of things now. Like I wouldn't go opening up the car and messing around with the engine and stuff if I didn't know what I'm doing. But now if I if I if something like that happens, if I tip off something again, I'm like, hey, I, I can probably take care of this. Or you know, it's not such a big deal. Mm. Like that, I see parallels in that in those real world experiences with experiences in design and in your career as well. One thing I've noticed about about junior designers is how how impressed they are with more senior people. Some I've managed to work with some really great people who are very impressive in the room. Especially if you've got a, a client, an anxious client in there who comes up with a gnarly problem, and they can just go, "Okay, what you need to do is either A, B, or C," and you're looking at this going, "Is this witchcraft? Mm. Like, how does this person just pull those ideas out of their head, mm. out of thin air, and they're pretty good ideas?" And it's not—they're not witchcraft. It's not magic at all. It's just that they've faced similar problems in the past, and they have these experiences to draw upon. Yeah, yeah. I think it sort of uh, calls back to a, a previous episode we did um, on a imposter syndrome. Mm. There's the idea of you fixing your car do this DIY project yourself, which you could have just outsourced to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it sort of, I feel like it sort of expands your life a bit. Like it makes life a little bit bigger. It includes more things. Like you're not going to go say you're, uh, you're a car, you're a repairman now. No. But it's a thing you did and you mm-hmm. can feel happy. Like first time I built a bookshelf in my apartment, like that was a thing. Like I drilled a bunch of holes. It was like a, it wasn't just any bookshelf. It was a pretty serious bookshelf, okay. and it held a lot of books. You're impressing me here. Uh, it wasn't very well done, but I did it, and it looked. I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, it held all my books. Uh, none of the books fell down, so that's the sign of a good bookshelf. Uh, the bookshelf itself didn't fall down, so that was another good sign. Um, this is all excellent. So, so yeah, really like good stuff. And now I can say. I can build a bookshelf. Like if you want a bookshelf in your part, your house, I will come and build you a bookshelf Excellent. for a very small that. fee. Uh, but it, it expands life. Then now you now I feel like oh I may be a rent I may be a renter, but I can build a bookshelf mm-hmm. if I want. I have yeah. to fill in those halls when I leave, but I can build the shelf. Or like same thing with cooking or same thing with anything. It's like oh I cooked a di- I cooked this dish mm-hmm. which I only ever bought in a restaurant before and had somebody some professional make it. Oh I made it and it was actually probably almost as good as I got it from that professional chef um yes. so obviously like design this all applies like as we go as we sort of expand what we see expand our kind of lens in terms of what we're what we're seeing in terms of design work like um you know think about what you focus on think about mm-hmm. the area that you have maybe your your niche your sort of area of expertise within design that you're really good at there's obviously things that fall outside of that I'm not sure for you Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, for sure, there are things that fall outside of my of my uh, kind of area of specialization. And but as you grow, as you have experiences, that that lens becomes a little wider. And yeah. I find that just like 
for me, every, every project is sort of a chance to sort of expand that, expand the lens. Is that the, the word? Sure. Widen. Widen the lens. Yeah. Widen the lens to include more things. And as you go, you, you pick up more bits and bobs uh, to then put in your toolbox. Yeah, absolutely. And something that you, on a, on a first project that you might have that might seem like an insurmountable challenge that you need to have assistance with by someone who's more senior. The next time you come across that challenge, if someone throws it up in your face, you're kind of go, okay, yeah, I've got that answer. I've mm-hmm. got something in my back pocket. Maybe it's not the exact right answer, but it's in the same ballpark and it's less intimidating. And that's because you've you've faced you've come across challenges and you've faced them and you've overcome them. And now you can you can use that knowledge that you've gained to apply to challenges in the future. Because mm-hmm. if you just crumble and kind of go, oh, I'll just outsource it to someone else. I can't understand this. Uh, we'll just pay someone else to do that. Well, then what are you really learning there? You know. Yeah. Obviously, it doesn't work with everything, but yeah. As I said, you don't want to go re- rewiring your own house and electrocuting yourself. So. True. True. I mean, and, and it's messy, right? Like mm. learning by doing uh, is, or even like the self, like a self-taught, self-taught, <laughs> <laughs> a self-taught route um, of a career is obviously it's a lot of work. It's messy. It's it's fraught with. Uh, challenges and like you're climbing hills on your own and i think you know you enter a new role maybe in a job and uh, it requires you to learn all these new things and expand uh widen your lens mm-hmm. a bit yeah and um, bring in new new inputs and that is like a difficult thing for everybody to go through and it's sort of a constant i feel like in design in particular but across the board in other industries i'm sure it's the same case where there's always more to learn there's always more to expand and, and bring in and the more you can bring in the more kind of value you're able to to give back mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a messy process. It's not like it's in no means by no means is it smooth and easy. Mm-hmm. And it's like no matter how wide you go, there's always more to see. Yeah, that you yeah. don't see. And the first time you try something, it's not going to be the, it's not going to be the, the best result. But mm-hmm. it'll get a little bit easier next time. Like the first time you you try and cook something, it probably doesn't taste as good as it would the next time because you've learned a little bit more and a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think. Like it all just comes comes down to like different. I think different people have different ways of learning. I think I'm more of a, of a kind of a visual learner or someone who learns by doing, and that's what I like to do. Um, I know other people can just like learn, can can retain a lot of information just by reading other people's words mm. or advice from books. I can do that, but I prefer to. I don't know that the kind of Chinese proverb of like "tell me I'll forget, show me I'll remember, but involve me and I'll understand." I think that's that makes sense to me because. Uh, you know, I like to kind of, if I can, if it's tangible, if I can kind of get in and mess around and experiment and kind of go, ah, okay, it feels like this, it looks like this, and it behaves like this, and this is why, as opposed to abstract words that someone says to me or that I read mm-hmm. in the book. Yeah, I find I find reading books. I had this recently, um, like trying to choose books that are very like hyper focused on a thing i'm doing at the moment Mm -hmm. or a thing i'm going through or a thing i'm like questioning so like i have a project to do x let me get a book about x to help me do the thing Mm -hmm. um so it's a to have a little bit of a guide as i go through and that maybe this is like an obvious thing everybody does but for me like in the past i would just buy books that it's like that i like that cover and i like i don't know who the author is but it it looks like a nice book it's an interesting topic the back looks interesting let me let me buy it. Hmm. Uh, and, you judge a book by its cover. Oh, 100 percent Do you not? <laughs> Do you not? <laughs> I think everybody does. You just explained uh, judging a book by its cover. That's, but that's what everybody does. <laughs> I think that's that's the norm. Um, 
Uh, Sorry. <laughs> do you not judge a book by its cover? I do, yeah. I'm just joking. Of course you do. <laughs> you of all people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so maybe maybe other people don't have this issue that I would have, but I've just noticed that having that advice be hyper relevant to a specific thing I'm I'm trying to deal with or trying to trying to learn about at mm. the moment. Um, for me as a as a person that challenges with focus, mm. that's really good. It helps me to to stay on track. Um, but then it's like, yeah, it's the whole like advice thing. I feel like books are one thing. Like you you buy a book and you sort of invest in this thing potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like kind of stuff online, like articles people write, yeah. it's sort of a question of whose whose advice matters. Like mm-hmm. whose advice is actually, you know, like what makes good advice? Like if you're even in, in this case of like, I'm going through a thing, I'm going to Google the, the thing that yeah. I'm going through and I'm going to find a list of, you know, tens of twenties of hundreds of articles, blog posts that people have put up about this thing. It's like, how do I know this person's approach is better than that person's approach? And like, do I have to read all of these? And like, it can be a bit messy in terms of advice. And it's, yeah, it's like, it's almost like these are just inputs that you bring in and that actually what matters is that you maybe apply some of those, whatever you want to apply, it doesn't matter, just mm-hmm. apply it. And then through that application, you experience things and then you learn and then you grow through that. So you're, it's just, the advice is just sort of an input. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a really a, a rule. Like it's not a rule to follow. Yeah. It's just, here's a, a starter kit to, to your experience. Yeah. I think there's never been a better time to be able to learn new tools using Google, using YouTube, any of those types of things. Google.com. Google.com. The Google, as the kids would call it. Um, but I think like even when it comes to software tutorials, like there's there's such an abundance of them now. Um, I even think back to when I was in college at the time, in the early days of college, there were not that back many. In the, back in the, what year was that? Like even back in the back mid, in early 70s. <laughs> back in the mid 2000s even. Like there weren't that many tutorials online as there are now. Not, not, a, not, a, not a chance. I remember even when I was back learning to do how to use Flash and some action script and the lecturer that we had at the time, he went out of his way to actually record his own videos and gave us them on a USB pen drive. And like, I'll never forget them. I was like, wow, this is this is brilliant. Like it was the first time I really saw some detailed um, tutorials where he's talking us through exactly what to do. And he he had a cold at the time and he was like apologizing profusely, like through this kind of nasally nose like this. Uh, I'm really sorry guys, but uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully it's not too distracting, that kind of thing. But I just, during that project, you know, trying to learn action script and stuff, and he was explaining it. You're listening to someone's voice, and you're seeing this the screen and all. It was like, wow, this is a, an excellent way to learn. Um, that just came to me. There. Wait, do you support tutorials, or are you against tutorials? No, I do support. I support tutorials. So tutorials are great, but I think um, when it comes to like learning and learning your own way and just digging in and get learning a kind of messy way, I, I tend to when it comes to software, like I'll do kind of high level tutorials, and then I'll want to get in and just learn make mistakes and just learn by doing. Yeah, I think it's the same. It's the same thing we were talking about. It's like, yeah, tutorials are there and tutorials are generally just, I feel like just bad. Like they're just not well made, like except for the only, the only tutorials I've seen that I like legit enjoy looking, watching are Webflow tutorials. Yeah, he's excellent. Like they're just, they're just amazing. Um, entertaining, but also like to the point and short, mm. um, very effective. Um, yeah, I, I found myself once riding home watching 
web flow tutorials on my phone, which I never would watch videos on my phone as entertainment, ever. like on public transportation, just <laughs> watching them. I was trying to catch up on a few on a few little little things. Shout um, out to Webflow. But I was just like, I watched it and I was like literally laughing yeah. on the train. It was a really, it was just a weird experience for me to be doing that. It's very um, good. Yeah. It's a very dry delivery. But yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. So I will watch those tutorials because they're both entertaining and, and useful. Mm-hmm. You can get the high level. But yeah, like you said, until you, until you actually do the thing, like you're not, you don't actually learn. Like I could sit on the train every day and watch tutorials. Yeah. And if I don't actually open the tool and, and use it, so it's really the experience that that's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. And you can do the experience without the tutorials. It's just it's just even more messy, right? Like it it's like maybe you'll you'll have to go over more hurdles yeah. without them. But that's sort of the norm because so many tutorials are so bad. Yeah. Um that you couldn't sit through like a an hour long tutorial of some feature of some super complicated product or read the the written version of it because they only have written versions mm-hmm. like no one would be bothered to do mm. that. Uh, so you just, instead, you just figure it out, uh, yeah. which is like really hard, but but you learn it and you... Yeah, you I think it's fun. Experience. It's fun sometimes. It takes, it takes you know, it adds a bit of a, a little bit of joy in when you kind of figure something out, like you're like, well, and you could look at the tutorial to, that would have told you this happens, but it's sometimes it's nice to figure out things or, or even just kind of hack software a little bit and t- to get it to work a different way that wasn't necessarily intended by the designer it's interesting because like yeah what i'm thinking is like certain products that are very big and very difficult to use and like you sit there kind of cursing the design team like why is this like this and then your your approach like thinking about like oh how can i hack this like this was designed by somebody in a certain way and as a designer coming in yeah uh not necessarily cursing them for doing things certain ways but saying how can i how can i hack the design Hmm. Uh, which is kind of interesting yeah, look, and it's, it is interesting if that comes to light, if you're the designer and you, you observe this um, from a user through testing or through whatever anecdotes or feedback that you get, like if you realize, wow, actually, we never even thought that you could use this thing like that. But the like the, the actual user has made a, w- a workaround or figured out a new way of using this tool that we hadn't thought about yet. And that, that's, that's, that's great if you can find that out and you can, and it's of value to other people. And you can implement that in, in future iterations of design. Well, that's great, isn't it? Like then the challenge is if you have your own hacks going, uh, and then they they realize, oh, this needs to be redesigned, and then they redesign it, and then ship that, and then your entire workflow is screwed up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there is that. Yeah, and that's one of the things I like about Sketch. Actually, the whole community of basically people working on plugins and stuff like that. So it's, it just seems to be feel a lot more open source than a lot of uh, previous software that I've used. Yeah, this yeah. and this this podcast is not sponsored by Web no, no, or Sketch. No, no. <laughs> if they, they can send us cash if they, they want. They can send cash yeah. to, yeah. Uh, but you know, I think I think the messiness is good. But understanding on the thing on the thing around DIY, back to like having a home and the car and painting walls and all that type of stuff. I've great. I've I've grown a, a greater appreciation for the preparation before the doing. So in the past, I kind of, it kind of taught me a little bit of something about myself. I'm, I'm often kind of eager and, you know, you get those creative juices going and you want to just dive into something and just do it. And, you know, we've kind of mentioned this before with kind of a personal project as well, that you might bypass a process that you had in place to get to the shiny part of it. Um, but I think when you do things like that, when you prepare a wall for painting and you understand, like, you know, uh, the, the value in you know, using polyfill, sanding it down, let it dry, all that type of stuff, as opposed to just like 
going up to a wall, a bare wall, covering it with paint and realizing there are marks and pock marks all over the place afterwards. And you're kind of like, huh, okay, uh, yeah, either I live with this or I've got to redo what I just did. Um, so I've, I've gained a new appreciation over the last number of years in the planning that and preparation that's required before things. I think that's fed into my design life as well. Where you know, you how about how about in terms of just just life, not design life, but life mm. life? Yeah. Uh, are there how? What are some like big experiences you've had that have like altered how you look at the world? Like you mentioned, being a homeowner, which yeah. like may sound trivial, but I think it's probably a, a big thing. Yeah, like big, right? yeah. being a homeowner is like a new kind of thing to be in. Are mm. there other are there other big like yeah, like kids. Yeah. Oh, kids. You oh. got kids. You got like I got kid. <laughs> I've got kid. You've got kids. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's like one of the biggest changes ever. Mm. I, how about you? No, really minor. Just, just, <laughs> just a minor. <laughs> yeah, I remember when we had our first daughter. Uh, like I remember uh, somebody I used to work with says like, I think the term he says is like, you'll see the world through a different lens. And it didn't really make sense to me until uh, our daughter was born. And then you do really understand that you're like, wow. You're looking at the same world in front of you, but you're just you're picture you're viewing it in a different way, um, it's which is hard to explain. But you're no longer I think I think humans are kind of you know inherently kind of selfish creatures, and then yeah. there's a point where you have a if you have a child that you're no longer you're no longer the center of the universe. You know, it's not so much about me; it's more about we, the family. You know, things that are out. You become more uh, altruistic. Is the right word? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Maybe we'll take it. Yeah, so I think that going from the me to we for me has been you know, a bit of a it's a process, right? Like it's not like your child is born and the heavens open up and all of a sudden we are now we. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, at least not for me, maybe for you. No, no. <laughs> but I think uh, it's been it's like a it's like a it's like a process, a struggle of of accepting that. Um, but that's like part of the experience of life and the experience of parenting at least mm-hmm. in my uh couple years that i've been doing it mm-hmm. um is this like transition to that and like um making that making that your outlook because you know that's the way uh that's the priority that's where it should be yeah um and making that uh, be your outlook that's the way it's like it's shaping your lens to to say that yes this is this is important therefore i'm going to see the world in this way yeah these big moments in life like like obviously becoming a parent or maybe moving out of the house for the first time when you get to that age, uh, whatever, whatever those big things are for, for the person, the individual, um, you know, they come with all kinds of new stressful experiences. You know, like for me, one of the things that I remember was, you know, my son was probably under a year um, and we were riding a bus, a city bus, and uh, he threw up uh, his food all over his stroller all of his shirt whatever mm-hmm. and i didn't have like it was just a short ride somewhere so i wasn't really prepared with stuff so i was a bit flustered the bus started smelling like vomit <laughs> it was like a it was a mess i mean fortunately the bus wasn't too packed but uh still it was like you're extremely flustered i think i was actually in dublin at that point uh so and brand new in the city so i think i just like jumped off the bus at some random stop and like didn't know i had any idea where i was yeah it was just like a, a bit of a difficult moment difficult experience to go through in the moment yeah but then after that you again i think all parents have those kind of stories the sort of poop and, and vomit type stories yeah it's an overwhelming challenge that just landed itself on you yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and everybody kind of goes through it and that through it you experience and then you are more prepared next time 
Uh, so now I'm prepared. Well, in theory, I'm prepared for <laughs> for an event like that happening again. Um, but in reality, we all know I'm probably not. But you're, um, you'll be calmer next time, I'd imagine, would you? Like if I wasn't prepared. Well, no, now, now, like even now, if it happens again, you're probably you'll react a little bit more in a calmer yeah. ma- manner. I would Potentially. say. Yeah. So I think I think maybe one of the themes for me is like it's just like giving it time, uh, giving experience. Like no one, you know, if you're two years into your career, let's say, there's no way you can have gained enough experience to to know all of the things. Mm-hmm. Even someone 25, 30, 40 years into their career, mm-hmm. there will be things that their lens doesn't see, uh, and that maybe that that the the fresh designer would see like so it's all it's really just about giving it time and being open like having openness to expand that lens and being able to take more in and then and to be able to think about how you can translate that to then create more value for the things you're trying to do yeah yeah and these moments these these big challenges that you face they sometimes feel insurmountable when you come come across them like the time i hit the car and you're like oh i can't believe that happened this is a big deal actually wasn't a big deal I don't even think about it now that much, but like when you're in the moments, and it kind of we discussed some of this stuff with Eva a couple of weeks ago as well. It's that like you know it can be overwhelming. Um, maybe you, you can feel like an imposter at the time, um, but it, there's also like you know if you just step back and just think, you know, it's not the end of the world. What's the worst that can happen here? Being a parent is not rocket science. We've been doing it for millennia. So that's as that that example. But when it comes to design related jobs as well. Like there's no such thing really as a design emergency. I've rarely come across one like, you know, and if you haven't got the answer, just generally someone else in your team or someone in your network or a mentor or something that you could reach out to that can help you steer you in the right direction. So um, I think the knowledge is there or YouTube. <laughs> the knowledge is there just to be to be grabbed. Or the knowledge is there to be had. Because to be grabbed implies that the knowledge is out there. But the knowledge is in the yeah. experience. So th- I was thrust yourself into the experience. <laughs> Give it a go. Try and fix it. Try take a DIY mindset. You know, mm. don't just pass the job onto someone else. If, if you think you can give it a go, mm. and assess obviously don't assess what's the worst that can happen. But is there is there a value in outsourcing some things? Oh, absolutely, yeah. But like you know, then again, like you know, if you if you if it's a smaller thing that's related to you know, so. DIY things like if I just outsource every time I want some my room in my house painted, I get I ring up a painter and decorator and get them to do it. Or every time I need to hang up a, a, a you know a frame or mount something to a wall that I just ring up a handyman around the corner to get them to do it. Like what am I? You're not going to learn anything then, you know. What if you're in a situation where you need to? Those are small tasks that anyone should be able to do. And there's a there's a real kind of sense of satisfaction when you learn those things and you do them in the home that you're, you know. Mm. you're uh, yeah, I wonder, improving i wonder i'm trying to think through it in the moment right now uh like if if I, if I had the money to outsource like the majority of things would i do it or would i not for the sake of that experience what do you think i think i'd outsource it ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, craig i'm disappointed <laughs> diy for the win <laughs> I think it depends on what the thing is like. Like, yeah, like a car fix. I don't know. I think I'd probably outsource it. If I was trying to save the money, I think I'd DIY it. As I like to say, Craig, the more you understand about the world, the more you understand about the world. Boom. Thank, thanks, Tom. <laughs> Appreciate it. Cool. So I think that's maybe a good place to wrap it up. Yep. Sounds good. Well, thanks everybody for listening in this week um, for this 
chat with Tom and myself about growing yourself through experience. The messy way of learning by doing. Yeah. Uh, Tom, can, where can the folks find you in the world? On the World Wide Web, I'm on Twitter at, at TomCDesign. How about you, Craig? I'm on Instagram at Craig5446. Uh, and I write on Medium on occasion under the same handle. That's all. Thanks so much. Talk to you next time. Till next time. <laughs>